thank goodness too because yeah that was talk about like some hard choices mm -hmm. if all if that debt exclusion hadn't passed and we were looking at the, you know the, the town kind of coming up with like 2.1 million annually mm -hmm. over the life of right. it would have it would have been devastating so Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local FM radio dial, 102.9. Here today in the studio for another Chalkboard Chat with school committee member Dave Callahan, although we're going to have to put a new title on that. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> because I, uh, while we did talk just before the election, obviously the election happened, and then the reorg happened, we'll get into that more, but congratulations on two counts. One, you got reelected, and then two, also selected as chair for the school committee. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a fantastic honor, and it was great to kind of have the support of, of uh, my colleagues to take on this new responsibility. So uh, yeah, so as of uh, you know, as of now, I'm the, the chair of the Franklin <laughs> School Committee. Does it feel any different yet? <laughs> no, especially because at the last meeting, I uh, I, I stayed in, in my seat. I hadn't even moved. You didn't even uh, play musical chairs, yeah, I noticed. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, didn't, didn't put on any airs. But uh, at the next one, I'll have a new perspective. I'll be right mm -hmm. in the middle. And I'm sure it's, it's going to start to, my calendar already is starting to, to fill, fill up, up more mm -hmm. and more. And so uh, I'll, uh, the next next chalkboard chat, I'm sure I'll have a even more, you know, uh, uh, better answer for you about all that, how it feels <laughs> differently being the chair. But it's great. No, good. I'm glad we're able to... Uh, continue the chalkboard chat because as we've talked clearly I appreciate you taking your time so we can do this because I think it's especially now as we get into the budget season etc it's going to be that much more critical for the school department i.e. with Superintendent Luke Jaguer etc and you on the school committee side and others as, as need as well to tell the story of the schools especially as we get into the budget potential override there's just a lot going on. There, there really is, and you know, and I. It's my hope that as we do kind of like start to work on the, on the budget, the more conversations that we can kind of have uh, between you know you and I with with the public, with town council, might kind of put some of these issues just into, into a better focus. Yeah, better perspective. You know, because right. sometimes uh, it's just kind of all of a sudden it gets to be springtime. And you're suddenly hearing, oh, they're cutting this program, they're cutting that program. Well, well, how come? Is it because there's not enough interest? Is it because mm -hmm. of enrollment? Is it because of this? And it's like, no, no, it's because of the lack of, of money that we've been talking about for quite some time now. Right. But hopefully as we kind of keep getting more of these conversations, we'll just kind of get that information out mm -hmm. there. And, um, you know, so that way it won't be a, a big surprise when all of a sudden some of those tough choices really kind of come to, to fruition. So going back to the election, clearly, you, while the school committee had seven candidates and thereby all seven got selected, that was good and all well and good. Um, the other key piece within that election itself was the debt exclusion for Tri-County, which obviously has a budget impact. And while overall the turnout wasn't as great as we'd like, it at least positively passed the debt exclusion. Thank goodness, too, because, yeah, that was... Talk about like some hard choices. Mm -hmm. If all if that debt exclusion hadn't passed, and we were looking at, the, you know, the, the town, 
estimate coming up with like 2.1 million annually mm -hmm. over the life of right. it would have it would have been devastating Correct. so yeah those you know thank you for those who who did you know come out and uh, and vote and uh, and thank thankfully the tri-county debt exclusion had passed so that a way you know at least we can kind of stay focused on the operating budget as just specifically you know like all the, the town departments mm -hmm. you know uh, to kind of keep that moving forward yeah the operating budget has enough of an issue with maintaining <laughs> kind of level services if you will never mind because i think for reference and i think jamie mentioned it in his recent talk franklin tom mercer in the recent quarterbacking we mentioned it as well i think that effectively we get about three million of new growth or with the prop two and a half as the automatic so if we would have taken two out of that three million auto, uh, right away <laughs> that's you're only spreading one million across town and school services and that would put a significant wrinkle into all the budgets oh absolutely and that's what over the the, the course of the campaign I had some people kind of come to me and say like well you know what i heard some towns that are just taking it out of the operating and right and for franklin it just wasn't an option no. Uh, it, you know, because when you when you're kind of doing that math and pulling in three, mm -hmm. it's going to take two. Yeah. That's even that one million doesn't account for. I mean, that's just even if you provide level service. Correct. In today's economy, inflation is going to eat up a million mm -hmm. dollars of that. Right. And so uh, we would just kind of continually just see year after year of cuts. So, you know, again, thank you very much to the to the voters of Franklin. Uh, I was very appreciative when I when I saw those numbers start to come in. Yeah, and respectfully, certainly in the Tri-County community, 11 different communities, some of them like North Attleboro and Franklin have, you know, upwards of 100 or so students going there. Some respectfully have 3 to 5 to 10. Thereby, the budget impact is going to be different across each of the communities, which is why it was set up for effectively two questions for Franklin. One, one for all the entire district. Yes, we build or don't. <laughs> that was done. Eight of the 11 said build. Three communities said no. But, oh, by the way, because the overall majority said yes, they're still going to have to figure that how to do that. And then critically, now at least Franklin has taken the foresight in saying, well, let's granted it's not necessarily going to start until whether it's 2026 or 2027. Mm -hmm. It's going to be some time before that actually comes. But we'll have already approved it. So whenever that invoice comes across the transom, we'll be able to say, yep, we're ready. This is what we're going to be. Exactly. Yeah. So it's something, too, where it's not going to, yeah, it's not hitting the, the taxpayer's bank account just yet. But everybody is kind of saying, you know, we're, we're signing that check. We're saying we're worth it. And again, you know, because the, the Tri-County Schools, you know, it's it's not, as the chair of the Franklin School Committee, it's not under my, my purview. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still just an incredible uh, institute. It provides great education and opportunity for, sure. you know, for, for those looking for the trades. And so, uh, you know, again, you know, we talk about like the, the numbers about who kind of turned out to vote, but even that very first one, that up or down, yes or no, it was overwhelmingly, uh, you know, the voters were in favor mm -hmm. of the Tri-County and it's, it's great to see because it yeah. is a great investment. Yeah. And especially from an education perspective, granted you're sitting Franklin school committees, but Franklin students now have the option. Uh, Chloe, through the Franklin Public Schools, with Tri-County, uh, Norfolk Aggie, mm -hmm. and then other, you know, private institutions. They have choices uh, for them, depending upon what their requirements are, what their needs are, what they want, and then what their family can afford as well. So, yeah, it gives them the broad base of the best education opportunity. So, 
really does, especially when you mentioned Norfolk Aggie. I, I sat in on a uh, town council mem- uh, meeting where they were talking about mm. uh, Norfolk, and it's fantastic the opportunities that, that they have too. Sure. It's just yeah, like like Franklin students, uh, you know, just have you know, just amazing opportunities to go in whatever direction that yeah. you know it best best suits them and, mm-hmm. and their future, and it's fantastic. And I'm glad that we can at least kind of you know ensure even if for the students that kind of go to to Norfolk Aggie or you know, private or to uh, to Tri County that at least you know from from K to to eight before they start making those decisions that they're still getting a phenomenal education here mm-hmm. in Franklin right yeah and then to the school committee itself one of your first things uh, and it gives uh, superintendent Jiguer in this case uh, the superintendent has that first gavel <laughs> orientation <laughs> if you will for the meeting and they don't do it that often but that's the opportunity to at least run that first vote to say okay who's going to be the chair and then they pass the gavel to you and you take over <laughs> it did, yeah he had uh, he had tremendous power in uh, in those first uh, few moments and he, and he did fantastic yep. and uh yeah then they um uh when he entertained the motion and uh and, and my uh, my colleagues uh, kind of gave me the support to run for the chair then i, I took over that gavel and uh then we you know we went for uh the vice chair and uh, that went to my friend and colleague, Dave McNeil. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the two Daves will be uh, chairing and, and vice chairing the, the Franklin uh, School Committee. I did remind those who were watching the TV, certainly can watch on the, the video replay, et cetera. But uh, given that you only had seven and not having competition, that's a whole separate item. Um, but I think respectfully, it is one of the things that I mentioned in when I stood up to you, you know, Thanks for running. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, town council may, in fact, go forward with a charter consideration of some changes. Um, charter change specifically would be, I would propose, instead of seven, you have nine. I mean, FinCom has nine. Council has nine. You've got half the budget, and then you've got only seven people to do all that work to cover. I don't... I, I think it's worthy of a discussion to have that go forward. I'm hundred percent in agreement. You know, because for for those um, you know who might you know maybe only see just like the our the Tuesday night meetings, you know, there's so much subcommittee work mm-hmm. uh, that uh, meetings that are kind of constantly going on. Sure. Uh, you know, not quite behind the scenes. It's it's open. You know, for, for anybody <laughs> kind of come meetings, on. Anybody in. can go. Certainly. But it's it's where a lot of the work uh, gets done. That then gets presented during those Tuesday meetings. And sure. That's kind of what what Dave and I uh, are working on right now is doing like those committee assignments, and when you only have seven members, and you look at all, you know, we got there's there's the budget, uh, there's policy, we have this comprehensive facility assessment, we have we meet with like the joint uh, PCCs, mm-hmm. there's community yeah, so relations, liaisons, there's liaisons, there's yeah, task force yeah. as well, and all of a sudden I got I got a spreadsheet that's every single uh, subcommittee and liaison that we have. And I'm looking at the the players yeah. that I got, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm, I'm asking them to sign up for you know two, three, four different sure. ones yeah. in order to kind of make it all work. And so it's it's tough when you know when we we are kind of capped at at seven, mm-hmm. and uh, you know so hopefully uh, I know I've I've kind of spoken about the charter before, uh, you know about helping in any capacity that I can, mm-hmm. especially one of my things is talking about like the staggered elections yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, hopefully, we might kind of see you know some some movement uh, forward, mm-hmm. and I know I'll, I'll be in full support of you know a nine member 
uh, board to kind of coincide with everybody else just because there is a lot of work that that needs to get done and it's tough when it's all just being divided by seven. And then the other key item on the agenda for the meeting other than the uh, reorg which certainly was significant but then effectively took just a few minutes you have the opportunity for Josh Hanner and two of his uh, assistant principals to provide an update on the high school and how they're doing and uh, uh, within the district improvement plan their piece of that so and uh, it's always great to to see and to hear from uh, you know, from everybody of the different, uh, you know, uh, schools, especially I feel like for incoming uh, mm -hmm. school committee members, just to kind of get a better understanding. All right, sure. these are, you know, these are all the schools. Here's exactly kind of where everyone's located, the players involved. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, Principal Hannah just, uh, you know, I loved, really kind of took a, a look at, you know, the, the academic piece, the athletic piece, and like the extracurricular piece. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really as, as like the, you know, the, the whole student. Sure. Uh, when they were talking about it. And yes, we got some updates about a lot of the, the discussions and some of the experiments that were happening within the school system, uh, within, you know, in, in the classroom, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, they, there was a laundry list of academic, uh, athletic achievements yes. uh, from yeah. uh, Franklin High. And then they also kind of talked about, you know, 70 plus clubs uh, that yeah. are, are out there, which is always I always think it's so exciting, and I remember uh, this when I was going to, to high school as well, where it's just, there's that little, you know, that little niche for, for every single mm -hmm. person, regardless of, sure. you know, of uh, who you are. You kind of go, you find your interest, you find people who have similar interests, and it, it really starts to, uh, I feel like, to, to gel for a lot of students mm -hmm. who maybe are having trouble throughout the middle school years, uh, when all of a sudden they kind of go to this big, giant school, but all of a sudden, they're really finding small communities and pockets sure. of, uh, of groups of, yeah. uh, of friends that have those commonalities. Yeah, I think while there was, what, 426 or certainly in excess of 400 participate, students participate in the fall sports, right? But not everybody is an athlete, right? Then they certainly have the theater uh, and all the music programs and then the clubs. If somebody can't find something across 70 clubs, the music, the there's something there th theoretically for everybody I would think right yeah that's what we even had just recently it kind of came around because they needed to open up a, like a student uh, account like a bank account right. Right. for a board game club yes and so it's just uh, it's a group of, of uh, you know friends <laughs> that just want to go and just try out new board games mm -hmm. and, and play board games so there there is stuff for absolutely everybody there which is always terrific mm -hmm. um, you know but it also Especially when we kind of talk about like like the clubs, and I think that my colleague, I believe uh, Al Charles, mentioned it in terms of sports as well. Yeah. You know, talk about that all that success that's kind of happening at the high school level is from years of oh, exposure and practice. Absolutely. And he had this. It was a. This is back in. I feel like it was back in the spring where we had. Uh, I think it was the jazz band mm, uh, yes. from the high school that kind of came, and he asked like a show of hands, how long has everybody been playing? And because this is right at the time where, due to the budgetary issues, we yes. had to cut the, the jazz mm -hmm. band at the middle school level. And, you know, you kind of see that so much is, is success is from years and years of For sure. practice and exposure that, um, you know, is always unfortunate when we do have to kind of make some of those cuts financially mm -hmm. at some of those earlier levels. Because we, we see that, you know, we, we see the fruits of all that labor right. way down the, the road. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and 
clearly sports has been a kind of a focal point because it's easy to quantify. Clearly they've won the Dalton Award, which is the winning percent across all the sports, which is a significant accomplishment. Mm -hmm. They've won it five years in a row, but it was also six out of seven, right? So they skipped the year and then had one prior as well. So that's a significant accomplishment. And then just in this fall sports season, four teams made it to the final eight. Two of those went to the final four. That in itself says, well, yeah, I, we're not necessarily just growing them because it, it comes up from the Franklin Rec through all the individual youth sports, whether baseball, field hockey, soccer, lacrosse, you name it, there's between rec and then the youth sports, by the time they get to the high school, they've been playing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's the outcome, you know, in the success that they're having. It'd be nice, and I think that was what, I think it was Al Charles was referencing, like, We'd like to get some sort of a other stat to say how many other students are doing as well in, you know, whether it's music. And we see that to a certain extent with, uh, what is it, the MICA awards and uh, the gold medals or silver medals, et cetera. You see it somewhat in the business sign with the DECA awards mm -hmm. and how many people get to the states and then go on to the nationals, et cetera. But how many truly... and it may not be something we could ever quantify, but it'd be nice if we could in terms of, okay, how many of those other clubs are at least providing that success? Clearly, if they're continuing every single year, a la Empty Bowls, it's been around for years, it's a successful, it keeps growing and growing on its own. So whether, you know, a couple of years from now, the board game club <laughs> is still there and continuing to grow or... Maybe it falls out and another club takes its place. At least knowing some participation across, call it the 1,500 students, you get X amount in sports, you get X amount in uh, music, X amount in theater, X amount in clubs. You know, then you truly have something for everyone. You can quantify it that way. Yeah. And that's something I could definitely kind of look into. Uh, if uh, you know whether or not we have been tracking that data enough mm -hmm. to, to start, because it's uh, it is is fantastic. Because yeah, Franklin, it's it's not just an athletic district. No. There are so many opportunities for for everybody, and we definitely want to uh, try our best to, to highlight those as yeah. well. I know you know it was uh, just uh, say just not that long ago. I think it was like probably a year, <laughs> year and a half ago now. Uh, but uh, we had some great achievements coming from uh, there was a. a um, uh, our teacher from the high school kind of yes. brought in some students. and mm -hmm. But just to kind of continually to, to showcase a lot of that success, because that was something, too, that was brought up at the citizens' comments yes. as well, yes. which was to say, um, you know, that, that let's not, you know, we want to make sure that we kind of focus on, you know, all the way from, you know, really, even pre-K. ECDC beyond. all the way through. Exactly. Right. And so it right. just it just happened uh, to start with the high school, yeah. uh, but uh, we're going to continue to have... Um, you know, elementary school and middle school presentations, just mm -hmm. to kind of continue to showcase a lot of the success that they're doing, and also the personality within each school. Because, yeah. you know, I know we've talked about this before, that while all the schools are all, you know, moving towards alignment, mm -hmm. so that way, regardless of where your kid, uh, you know, where you live and which elementary school your kid goes to, it, it's still providing the same level of education, there is still that um, independence and the personality right. within each schools. Right, and that also has 
especially as we're talking clubs and the pro proliferation of clubs at the high school level. Unfortunately, because of the budget, there's less clubs at the middle school level. Mm -hmm. Now, there's even less clubs at the elementary, but that's just the nature of the beast, where the elementary students are just not really ready for that type of independence to participate in a club that the middle school students, respectfully, because of their growth, their potential, at that point, it makes sense for them to do that. So, yeah, we, we have to be mindful of the equity in terms of providing opportunities to the students across the spectrum. And I think that's part of what each of the schools, when whether it's Oak or Parmenter comes forward from an elementary perspective, whether it's Horace Mann or Sullivan, et cetera, on a middle school perspective, and then clearly high school, they try to show that uh, perspective within mm -hmm. each of what they're doing because it's so important for the entire community and to, to both understand and then fund. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, the two go together. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's sometimes, unfortunately, there's that, that disconnect, you know, where, because I know, you know, my own uh, daughter was involved in multiple uh, clubs at the middle school level. Mm -hmm. And there was, uh, you know, there was, there was an art club where they were doing some amazing kind of projects. But then there was also one that she just did. It was a Lego club. And mm -hmm. she just was after school with some friends and working on, on some Lego designs. Um, and, uh, and, and a couple ones in between. And unfortunately, yeah, just because of, the, because of the budget, because of the cost of, for, for stipends, for late bus to be able to kind of just pick yeah. kids up, that was, that was a huge one uh, that uh, a vast majority of them ended up having to get, get cut. And some of the ones that were able to be saved really kind of shifted over to lifelong learning, mm -hmm. which is um, not a for-profit, but, you know, you're paying for the exact it's cost. It's like kind of a fee-for-service, and they right. pretty much sustain themselves, which REC has the same way. You know, you pay for a REC program, and that sustains its operations. So, exactly. yeah. Which, yeah, you know, certainly it, it works, and we're, you know, still mm -hmm. being able to deliver some programs, but I know before, and, and a lot of parents who maybe have at this point now high school or even just kind of, you know, um, uh, slightly older uh, kids, but where they went mm -hmm. through the Franklin Public Schools, they might have remembered only paying, you know, like 50, 75 mm -hmm. bucks for the year, and then you could, could do all the activities right. that they wanted to after right. school, and then now that's just not the option anymore financially where we sit. Right. Yeah, and that's coincidentally why I'm still doing this, because when my kids were graduating, fortunately, that's when some of the bus fees were being introduced, some of the sports fees were being introduced, and it's like, wait a sec, <laughs> you know? And I totally understand our budget situation, but we really need to get the people aware of the impact as, yeah, it's just... It's worth a discussion because the kid, the education the kids got, you know, a few years ago is still, even as good as we are, we're not getting the same education as what they got years ago. Right, and the the parents are paying a lot more for the, a, a lot of that same education, you know, as as close to that same education as, as they right. can. But and it's definitely, and I think that, like you said, yeah, like one of the biggest reasons to kind of keep having a lot of these conversations is because once. Once you go and, and your kid, you know, walks across that graduation stage, you kind of have that that time capsule of, all right, this is what mm -hmm. a Franklin public education looks like and costs, and here and and it kind of stops, right? Because y if you got no other kids going through the school system, you're not necessarily, you know, you might not be, uh, you know, tapped into exactly what's going right. on over there, and so. Um, you know, yeah, hopefully, you know, and, and again, for the community at large, if there's any kind of questions, I'm always happy to answer them for you. But, yeah, there's just been a number of, of 
services that kind of continue to be cut. Um, you know, just additional responsibilities that kind of keep being added to, mm -hmm. to our teachers and staff and just more and more fees uh, that, uh, you know, parents and families are having to, to pay for that previously just would have just come with being a taxpayer and just sure. living in Franklin and, yeah. and here you go. Yeah. Worthy of discussion, and I'm sure we'll have more opportunity as the school year goes and the new session goes to, uh, as you get into, and I think uh, even in, was it January, February, another joint budget subcommittee meeting mm -hmm. with school, FinCon, town council, to further that discussion on that front. I know uh, town's working on their capital plan, which will start coming out probably in January uh, to look at, et cetera. So plenty going on. I look forward to continuing the conversation in this chalkboard chat so that people can understand the ins and outs of, you know, what, what it is in the schools and how we can improve it. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, you know, thanks for, for this opportunity, the first one of the new term. And, uh, and I'm excited uh, for everything that we'll get to do over the next two years. Thank you. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin 